1: Dangerous Assignment, transcribed starring Brian Donleby as Steve Mitchell.
0: Yeah, danger is my assignment. I get sent to a lot of places I can't even pronounce. They all spell the same thing, though, trouble, but... When I walk into the commissioner's office, I don't realize this assignment's going to wind up with me getting the best Christmas present I've ever had, right while I'm staring down the barrel of a gun. Morning, Commissioner. Just stopped in to say goodbye. Goodbye. Sure, my vacation starts this morning, remember? I'm running up to New England for Christmas. Snow on the ground, fire in the fireplace, and the little lady I'd most like to eat a boiled dinner with. Sorry, Steve. You mean because you're not going? No, I mean because you're not going. Now, look. I've got an assignment for you, and I can't wait. Commissioner, for the last three years, I've been trying to get Christmas off. So what happens? One year I'm in Alaska, next it's Africa, last year it was India. This year you promise. So I've got to break that promise, Steve. And it looks like you get another Christmas spoiled. Okay, what's the deal? Ever hear of international lecture tours? Now, look, don't tell me I'm supposed to get up on a soapbox and lecture on the Christmas spirit. No, you won't be making any speeches, but you'll be investigating a few people who do. This is an organization of six European professors,
2: Steve. They lecture at universities all over the world, including the United States. What about them? We've had our eye on them for quite a while. We've suspected that one of them was using his lectures as a front. That actually he's picking up secret information from contacts in this country and taking it back to Europe with him. Which professor is it? We don't know, but Dr. Gerber does. He's one of the professors, and he's waiting down the hall to talk to you. Find out what you can from him, Steve, then go anywhere and do anything necessary to smash this spy ring. And, uh, incidentally, try to have a halfway decent Christmas. Well, that's it. You've got your assignment. Merry Christmas. Oh.
1: The National Broadcasting Company is presenting Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy in the role of Steve Mitchell, colorful, two-fisted government agent. At all those places of the world where danger and intrigue walk hand in hand, there you will find Steve Mitchell on another Dangerous Assignment. If you aren't already acquainted with NBC's great Sunday lineup of stellar radio programs, you're missing some of the finest programs on the air. Theater Guild on the Air is one of the great shows aired on this station every Sunday evening. Featuring stars of Broadway and Hollywood in fine dramatic works, Theater Guild offers the best in radio entertainment. And comedy on Sunday wouldn't be complete without the Phil Harris and Alice Faye show. Now, we think you'll agree that Phil and Alice join forces to present one of the funniest programs on the air. So be sure to tune to this NBC station this Sunday and every Sunday for our stellar program lineup.
0: Sure, I've got my assignment. Go poke my nose into an international spy ring and have a Merry Christmas. I've got an uneasy hunch what kind of a Christmas present I'll get on this deal. Probably a gift-wrapped bullet. I go down the hall to the room where Dr. Gerber, one of the members of the international lecture tours, is waiting for me, and he tells me he knows who the foreign agent in the organization is and that he'll tell me on one condition. I must have protection, Mr. Mitchell. Oh, that's no problem. You're safe in this country, Dr. Gerber.
3: You you don't understand. I don't mean protection for myself. What? Here, uh, this this picture.
0: Uh, little boy. Yes, it's my son Kurt, uh, ten years old. He's the one you want protection for?
3: Yes, I, I know only too well the measure of retaliation which might be employed against the boy if I were to reveal the information I possess.
0: Okay, so we get a bodyguard for him.
3: But Kurt's not with me. He's in the school in Stockholm, Sweden. School run by an Englishman, Horst Wakefield. I had to leave Kurt there. His mother passed away three years ago, and he has no other relatives.
0: Well, we could have somebody from our consulate there pick him up. No,
3: and... no, no, no. I'm sorry. That's not good enough. Kurt is registered under his mother's name at school. In school, no one must know his true identity until he's
0: absolutely safe. I see. Okay, Doctor Gerber. I guess I'd better hop over there and get your boy myself. Oh, that's what I
3: hoped you would say, Mr. Mitchell. When you return with Kurt, I'll give you the name of
0: the head of the spying. <laughs> So I grab a plane for Stockholm. Dr. Wakefield's school is out of the city a little way as I approach his office. A little girl with long curls comes out and wanders off toward the other children. I show my credentials to Dr. Wakefield and ask him to see Kurt. Uh,
2: Mr. Mitchell, Kurt has disappeared. Why? Yes, uh, that little girl who just left my office was Ilsa, a playmate of his. I've been questioning her, but she has no idea where he is. I- I'm worried sick. When did he disappear? I'm not sure, really. What do you mean? Well, last evening, a a woman came to see
0: Kurt. She told me she was his aunt. Kurt's father told me Kurt had no other relatives. But
2: how was I to know that? She said she was his aunt, and I saw no reason to doubt her. Go on. I sent her to his room. I believe she left when regular visiting hours were over. That would be at uh, 9 o'clock
0: last evening. What do you mean you believe she left? Aren't you sure? Uh, well, as a matter
2: of fact, I turned in rather early last night. Had a splitting headache. Sounds uh,
0: like a pretty careless way to run a boarding school, Dr. Wakefield.
2: I resent that, Mr. Mitchell. Ordinarily, I exercise the greatest of care and supervision. But with this headache I had, I was obliged to go to bed.
0: I see. And you don't have any idea when Kirk actually disappeared? No.
2: All I know was that he was missing this morning. Oh, great. I haven't telephoned the police yet, but I think I'd better
0: right now. No, no, wait a minute. Uh, But it seems obvious. The boy's been kidnapped. If he has, I think it's to ensure somebody will keep his mouth shut. That means he's safe, as long as the kidnappers don't feel any pressure on them. No, this has got to be done undercover. Let me see what I can find out.
2: Very well, if you
0: think it best that way, Mr. Mitchell. Incidentally, are you familiar with an outfit called International Lecture Tours? Why, uh, yes, they have an office here in Stockholm, on um, Drucknicksgarten, I believe. Drut, Oh, well, never mind. I'll find it. Hiya. What can I do for you? This is the headquarters of International Lecture Tours. Sure is. You in charge? <laughs> well, I'm the leg man. And I guess you're the boy I want to talk to. My name's Mitchell. Saunders is mine. I'm always glad to meet anyone from the States. You say you're the leg man for the outfit. What does that involve? You name it. The works. Shagging around the world in front of the wise men. Scheduling lecture dates, making hotel reservations, keeping them in toothpaste. Sounds <laughs> like quite a job. Well, there are probably easier ways of making a living. How'd you get into this racket? I was uh, stranded here in Sweden, broke. I heard these professors needed a nursemaid, so here I am. Look, I'd like a little information on these professors. Here are my credentials. Well, looks pretty official. What do you want to know, Mr. Mitchell? There are six professors in the circuit, right? Right. How well do you know them? How well can you know these birds? They live in an ivory tower all their own. Yeah. Where are they all now? This chart shows the setup. Mm -hmm. Stelters in Bombay. Duval's in Toronto. Chumley's in Cape Town. Buchek's in Copenhagen. You're really getting spread out. Yeah, yeah. Gerber's in the United States. Uh-huh. Aren't any of them anywhere near... Yeah, yeah. Dr. Friedrich? Right here in Stockholm, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, I'm expecting him any minute. He's got some sort of beef, as usual. He's a real fireball. I'd like to meet him. Well, stick around. He ought to be here any minute. Come
4: down! He is. What kind of a booking agent
0: are you? That's a good question. How many
4: times have I told you I must not have draft the hotel room? Now,
0: just take it yes. easy, Dr. Friedrich. And take it
4: easy, work. he says, and that do cop upstairs with his clump-clump all night while I work on my lecture notes. How much could a man stand?
0: Well, there, you've got me. If you'll just relax. And why
4: you scheduled me in Stockholm this time of year when you know I would rather be in the United
0: States? I did that because you and Dr. Gerber don't seem to get along too well, and I like to keep you apart. How come you don't get along with him, Dr. Friedrich?
4: Ah, oh, because the theories he bleps about in his lectures, they are incorrect. They contradict my theories. Ed, uh, what business is this of yours, young
0: man? This is Steve Mitchell, eh? a it's... newspaper reporter, Dr. Friedrich. Uh, mind telling me where you were last night?
4: Working on my lecture notes. But that clump, clump, clump overhead, my head, how could a man work? You know, that's funny. Funny, he says. It's an outrage. Well, I mean, I called your hotel about a lecture date last night, and they told me you were out. Oh? Uh, well, yes. I had forgotten. I had an engagement for a while. Was she nice? Nice, she was wise. See here, this none of your business. Thunders, I leave you with two words. Get me better rooms with no drift and no clump, clump, clump overhead, or I quit the tour. Goodbye.
0: So now you've met Dr. Friedrich. Yeah, I, I sure have. Well, I'll check with you later, Saunders. <laughs> Back in my hotel room, I go over the deal in my mind. It's starting to take shape. Last night, a woman visits Kurt. This morning, he's gone. Friedrich doesn't like Kurt's father, and Friedrich was out with a woman last night. Yeah. On the surface, the pattern looks good, but I've got an uneasy feeling it could fall apart as fast as a smoke ring in a draft. Yeah? This is Saunders, Mitchell. I got an item you might be interested in. Shoot. Sure. Well, not five minutes after you left the office, in Walsh is Dr. Buchek. Wait a minute. Buchek's supposed to be in Copenhagen. That's right. So I asked, how come? What'd the good doctor say? Just something about being tired. When did Buchek arrive? There you got me. You want the address? Yeah. Strand Hotel. Okay, thanks, Anders. I think I'd better go over there and give Dr. Buchek the double check. <laughs> Yes. Well, hello. I'm Steve Mitchell, newspaper reporter from the United States. I'd like to see Dr. Buczek.
2: I am Dr. Buczek. Oh, I You seem surprised.
0: I am. I thought Dr. Buczek was a man.
2: Oh, I'm sorry to disappoint you.
0: This is a disappointment.
2: (laughs) Come in, please. What can I do for you, Mr. Mitchell?
0: I understand you canceled your lecture tour suddenly and returned here to Stockholm.
2: Yes, I wish to spend Christmas with my friends.
0: When did you get in?
2: My plane landed this morning.
0: Not last night.
2: But of course not. I just told you I...
0: You uh, also sure you weren't out at Dr. Wakefield's school last night?
2: I've never heard of the place. See here, Mr. Mitchell, I'm quite certain that you're not a newspaper reporter. I'm also quite certain that my activities are none of your business.
0: Well, uh, thanks for the interview. I can check up on your arrival time, you know. Please do. A hmm. word with you, sir. Huh? Who are you? I'm Oscar. I'd like you to meet my friend Olaf. Huh? I don't see any... This is Olaf's gun in your back. He's the strong silent type, but he has a very nervous trigger finger. Look, what's this all about? You shouldn't have bothered the young lady. Dr. Butchek. Now we have to go for a nice ride. A short one, no doubt. For us, yes. For you, such a long ride, I don't think you will ever... Look, refer. if you think I'm going to stand here and let you... We don't expect you to stand. Olaf.
2: Oh.
1: will continue his dangerous assignment in just a moment. Twenty seconds from now, a fire will break out somewhere in the United States, causing untold misery and devastation. More than 11,000 persons are killed annually by these fires. Many more are injured, and more than $700 million worth of property is lost. The most tragic part of this statement lies in the fact that more than 90% of all fires in the home start through sheer carelessness and could be avoided. Here are a few simple rules of safety which will help you to protect your home and your loved ones from the ravages of fire. First, do not smoke in bed or discard lighted cigarettes carelessly. Second, clean out old newspapers, magazines, and other inflammable debris. Third, promptly repair all defective wiring and electrical equipment. If a wire looks frayed or worn, replace it at once. Fourth, use only those cleaning fluids which will not burn. And fifth, be careful with matches. Keep them out of the reach of small children. You can't afford to gamble with fire. The odds are against you every time. Now back to Dangerous Assignment. And Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell.
0: realize they're dragging me out of a car. I open my eyes a crack and take a guarded peek. Then I see they're carting me to the edge of a cliff. I wait until they get me right to the brink. Then I twist an arm loose and belt the big guy. Oh, that he's back right over the edge. Oscar yanks at his gun in his pocket, but I flatten him. I run to the car, jump in and dig out along the road. It runs near the edge of the cliff. So far, so good. Then I hear the shots. I twist my head for a quick look. Oscar's gotten got to his feet and is pumping lead after me. Oh, his headshot scores the bullseye on one of the tires. The car slews around and starts careening towards the edge of the clip out of control. I manage to get the door open and dive out just as it goes over the edge. On a ledge about twenty feet down from the top, lie there in the brush just as a car bounces down to the bottom and bursts into flames. After a few moments, Oscar sticks his head over the top of the cliff and looks down at the burning wreck with a big grin on his face. He figures I'm getting a king-size hotfoot about now. Finally, he turns and leaves. I give him a few minutes, and I drag myself together and head back into town to the lecture tour office. Hey. You look like you've been dragged through the well known knothole, Mitchell. You're so well known, right? <laughs> hey, look, do you have a picture of Dr. Butchek around here anywhere, Saunders? Sure. Uh, here's a publicity still we sent out to the papers. Will it do? Very nicely, thanks. She uh, kind of made a hit with you. Yeah, a big hit. So now I'm going to return the compliment. <laughs>
2: I'm so glad you came, Mr. Mitchell. Something has happened that you should know about.
0: What is it, Dr. Wakefield? You
2: remember I told you a woman posing as Kurt's aunt came here to the school to see him the night before last.
0: Sure, the night Kurt disappeared. What about it?
2: That same woman was back here this morning. What? Yes, not an hour ago. I wasn't in my office at the time, but my secretary told me this woman inquired about Kurt again. Wait
0: a minute. That means they don't have Kurt. Who's they? I think I know who one of them is. Here, take a look. Her name is Butchek. What about her. Isn't that the woman who was asking about Kirk? Quite no. What? I've never seen the woman in this picture before in my life. You sure about that? Of course. Oh, fine. My one lead blows right up in my face. Uh, come in. Oh, Hugo.
4: Hello, Horace.
0: Well, Dr. Friedrich.
4: Huh? Oh, the nosy reporter. Yeah,
0: I gather you were expecting him, Dr. Wakefield.
2: Of course. Hugo and I are old friends. He drops in for tea and
0: chest. Yeah. Mm. Uh. It's your move, Horace. No, I guess it's my move, gentlemen. I go outside and I'm really stumped. I've got to find Kurt and find out who's behind the deal, but I'm fresh out of Leeds. Then, as I'm walking through the school grounds, I spot the little girl with the curls, Ilza, Kurt's playmate. She's just slipping out a side gate with a little package under her arm. A sudden hunch hits me and I follow her. She takes off through the woods and then down the road. I keep out of her sight... Finally, she disappears into an old, deserted barn. A couple of minutes later, she comes out empty-handed. I wait until she's out of sight, then I go into the barn. There's a blonde kid sitting in a feed box, munching on a sandwich. Hello. Hello, Kurt.
5: Did you come to help me? Yeah. My father sent you? That's right. That is good. I've been praying for help. I knew it would come.
0: Oh, yeah? What happened, Kurt?
5: A woman came to see me at the school. She tried to make me go away with her... She said she was a friend of my father's, but I knew she was lying to me. Go on. I asked her to wait outside my room while I packed. As soon as I was alone, I climbed out the window and ran away.
0: I see. I'll uh, bet you're tired of eating sandwiches,
5: huh? My girlfriend, Eels, has been bringing them to me.
0: How'd you happen to pick this barn to hide in?
5: Oh, I knew it was the right place as soon as I saw this manger. Manger? Yes. I read about a little boy in a manger once.
0: I see. Well... I guess you couldn't have picked a better place, Kurt. Particularly on Christmas Eve.
5: Will you take me to my
0: father? Wait. Hey, two guys. Oscar and... Well, what do you know? So I finally find out who's my boy in this deal when it's too late.
5: It's never too late. It
0: will be if I can't come up with something real fast. I look around the barn looking for something, anything. Kurt is on his knees in the manger praying. Then I spot a light bulb dangling from the end of a wire. I yank the wire loose from the bulb and clear it behind me, holding it in my left hand by the insulated part. Then I lean against the stall Kurt's in and just wait. I take a quick look at him. His eyes are closed and his lips are moving a little. There he is. Yeah. Hello, Mitchell. Hello, Saunders. So you're the big boy. I'm the big boy. But some guys will do for a buck, huh? You sent me chasing after that Butchek woman so your two stooges would know where to pick me up, huh? Incidentally, where's your other stooge, the woman who tried to get Kurt at the school? She's waiting at my office until I take care of this little deal. Thanks for leading us here. Don't mention it. I'm uh, afraid you've kind of complicated things, Mitchell. Hmm? Originally, I was going to grab Kurt and keep him so Gerber wouldn't spill about me. But now you know the deal, so that means i got to get rid of both of you. I'm sorry. That's the way it is. His gun starts swinging in my direction. It's now or never. I whip the electric wire out from behind my back and lash at his gun with it. Heard a sort of big flame wraps around the gun. Saunders drops it and grabs his hand. I give him a fist. Oscar dives for the gun, but I'm waiting for him. I tie the two of them up with their belts. Then I turn to Kurt. He's still sitting in the manger, looking at me calmly.
5: Is it all over, Mr. Mitchell?
0: It will be as soon as we pick up Saunders' girl at the lecture office.
5: I prayed that something would happen to deliver us. It happened...
0: Well, you see, I sort of made it happen, Kurt.
5: Did you? I prayed for a bolt of lightning, Mr. Mitchell.
0: Well, I guess you could call that electric spark a bolt of lightning, but it was man-made lightning.
5: Was it? How did you happen to think of it?
0: Oh, I guess I just sort of... Well, I mean, I saw the light. Yeah, I guess I sure did. You see? Yeah. Yeah, I see. I'm the last guy in the world to argue the point, believe me. (laughs) Funny. I was the one who was screaming that my Christmas was spoiled. Thanks, Kurt. For what? For one of the best Christmases I've ever had. Come on. You're going home to your father.
1: Our star, Brian Donlevy, will return in just a moment. On New Year's Day, the NBC Radio Network will send your way two important football games. From Dallas, Texas, home of the famed Cotton Bowl, NBC will broadcast the game between the University of Texas Longhorns and the University of Tennessee Volunteers. Mike's side for NBC at Dallas will be Lindsey Nelson and Bob Murphy to bring you every exciting play as Texas Southwest Conference champions and Tennessee, one of the fine teams of the Southeast, clash in this traditional New Year's Day bowl game. And then following the Cotton Bowl game, NBC will switch controls to Pasadena, California for the granddaddy of all bowl games, the Rose Bowl. Al Helfer and Braven Dyer will handle the Rose Bowl play-by-play broadcast between the University of Southern California Trojans, the Pacific Coast Conference champions, and the University of Wisconsin Badgers, co-holders of the Big Ten championship. So here's our invitation to you to be set-side on New Year's Day when NBC broadcasts both the Cotton Bowl and the Rose Bowl football games.
0: as all of us throughout our great country celebrate Christmas with our families, trees and gifts, let's not forget that it's the giving, not the getting, which is the true celebration. And let's remind ourselves of the one gift we can all give, the gift which costs us nothing, to give thanks. And now, from all of us on Dangerous Assignment, to all of you, a very Merry Christmas.
1: This is John Storm speaking and saying be with us again next week at this time for another transcribed dangerous assignment. This is NBC The Night Before Christmas.